morning. It is a privilege and honor to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to you this morning, and I'm, I'm very thankful there's a clock up here in the pulpit. I, was <laughs> I looked on the back wall, and there was no clock, and I was very concerned for you. <laughs> you know, there are three major lies in the world, right? Uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> one of them is I'm, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. And when the preacher says, I'll be brief. So, I pray the Lord give us grace this morning to, to look to Christ. If you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, our text will be found in verse 8. I had verse 8 and verse 9, but there, I do not believe there'll be enough time. But we will specifically be looking at verse 8. The title of my message this morning is The Call and the Obedience of Faith. The Call and Obedience of Faith. The Scripture says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, what did he do? He obeyed. He was called, and then what? comes obedience. He obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Now, to give you a little background here, I do not have the complete time to do this, but the apostle in this book of Hebrews has described for us, has given to us, declared to us that Jesus Christ is the full sum and fulfillment of all Scripture. All Scripture points to and testifies of Jesus Christ and His work. All Scripture. He is, the, he is both the high priest and the offering. He is the fulfillment of the law. He, by His death, has fully, completely, forever satisfied the justice of God on the behalf of all those the Father gave to Him. Apostle makes it very clear in the uh, previous chapter. He said, but this man, in verse 12 of 10, he says, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, what did he do? He sat down. You know, there's no, no chair in, in, the, in the tabernacle. Their job was never done. Because their offerings never took away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice, sacrifice for sin. He sat down. He sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by his one offering he hath, what did he do? Perfected, how long? Forever, who? Them that are sanctified. Those who were chosen of God, those whom he has by his grace perfected and made holy. He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Therefore, all who believe on Him, you this morning who believe on Him, you are now made the righteousness of God in Him. You are righteous before God. All who trust their soul salvation upon His work and His person are completely washed 
of all your sins. This is the eternal covenant of grace that God purposed even before the world began. That all of His elect, all of His people, should be holy and without blame before Him. Isn't that what Ephesians chapter 1 says? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according as He hath chosen us in Christ, when? Before the foundation of the world. Now what's the purpose? That we should be holy. Isn't that astounding? (laughs) That we should be holy and without blame before Him? What is His motivation? In love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. How should He do that? By Jesus Christ unto Himself. Now, why would He do that under the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved? Christ's death, we were bought, we were redeemed, we were perfected forever. And yet, what was the experience we had at birth? The experience at birth was we were by nature children of wrath. By nature we were dead in sins. But God who is rich in mercy and grace, in love He quickened us. He quickened us to life. Let me ask you this morning, we know this, that God chose a people. We know that Christ died for those people. We know that. The question is, am I one of these? Am I chosen? How would you know your election? How would you know Christ died for you? What is the evidence, what is the grounds on which you stand that you may claim these spiritual blessings? Simply this, it is faith. Faith is the only evidence of my election. Faith is the only evidence of my redemption. Faith in Christ. Do you believe on the Son of God? John says, He that believeth on the Son hath what? Life. He that believeth not on the Son of God shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Faith. Faith. So the apostle in this chapter, he begins this chapter by saying, Now faith. He's telling these believers, hold fast, hold fast. Christ is victorious. Christ is successful. Christ has accomplished your redemption. Now, hold fast your faith. Hold fast. That's what he says in verse 23 of of chapter 10. Hold fast your profession of faith without wavering.
He says in verse 35, Cast not away therefore your confidence. What in the world is your confidence? Is it in yourself? No. You know what? My confidence is not even in my faith. My confidence is in the object of my faith. And what is the grounds on which you stand that you may know? I like that John says that you may know. I don't know how many times he says that in 1 John. Uh, He says that you may know, that you may know, that you may know. I want to know. I want to know. Make your calling and election sure. Is there anything else more important? No. Paul says this, or the apostle says this in verse 1. He says, now faith is the substance. Faith is the grounds, the evidence of our salvation. And the object of true faith is the source and comfort of our strength. It is Jesus Christ. Paul says in another book, in Romans, he says we are justified by faith. Now, your act of faith does not justify you. It is rather the object of your faith that justifies you. Faith is just the evidence that you have been justified. Why? Because faith itself is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. If you believe this morning, you you know that's a miracle. Why doesn't everyone believe? Because not everyone has the gift of God. For by grace you are saved through faith. And that faith is a gift of God. Not of works. Not because you willed it. It is a gift of God, not of works. Why? Lest any man should boast. By faith we know we are justified by the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, Paul, uh, the apostle here, uh, he says in uh, these next verses, he begins to examine faith by the example of the Old Testament patriarchs. And so this morning, if we would, we would take our faith so that we should make sure that our faith is true, that our faith is truly a gift of God and not just a product of our own imagination. Do I really believe in God? Then Christ, then through the Holy Spirit through the Apostle here, is going to take faith as a gem, and He's going to hold it up to the light of Holy Scripture, and He's going to show you the, the glories and the beauties of this gift of God. And He says... Take your faith and look at the faith of the patriarchs and make sure that it's the same. Look at Abel's faith. He said this, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. As we study faith, we see these examples here. And Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice by which he was accepted of God. So then we who by faith trust What do we trust in? A sacrifice, don't we? Abel trusted in a sacrifice. What was he looking for? He wasn't looking to that lamb. He was looking to the coming lamb of God. He was looking to Christ. By faith in that sacrifice, Abel looked to Christ. And God says he was righteous. This morning, what are you trusting in? 
I'm trusting in a sacrifice, not my own. I'm trusting in a perfect sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Look at this next one. By faith, Enoch, when he was translated, that he should not see death. It was found because he was not found because God translated him. What is this testifying? This is this. This is a testimony of God, even of Christ. He that liveth and believeth in me shall never, what? Die. (laughs) Enoch testified that. You who have true faith, you shall never die. That doesn't mean your body ain't going to go to the ground, but you will never die. What a blessing of faith. And before he was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. What is his faith testifying of? Enoch walked with God and was translated. He testified of this. You cannot walk with God without faith. You cannot be pleasing to God except you believe on the Son of God. In other words, faith is necessary. Faith is necessary. Verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I've never seen hail. Noah never seen rain. But God told him it was coming and he believed God. And he prepared an ark. When God convinced me of my sin... I fled to Jesus Christ who is the ark of my soul. He is the only refuge. He is our only refuge. That's what the ark pictured, isn't it? The justice of God rained down on Noah just like it did everyone else. The only difference is he had a refuge. You who have faith in Christ, Christ is our refuge. You shall never taste death. You shall never taste the wrath of God. Why? Because He suffered the wrath of God in our state, in our place. And so by faith we flee to Christ, our refuge. Our refuge. And now we come to Noah. And what do we see here in Noah? Or uh, Abraham, sorry. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called... The first thing I want you to see is the calling of faith. The calling of faith. The apostle lays out for us the faith of Abraham as an illustration of all true faith. That by faith, Abraham, when he was called, to go out into a place that he should receive as an inheritance. Now, the calling of Abraham was not according to the merits of Abraham. What was Abraham when God called him? Abraham was a 75-year-old pagan. He bowed down to tree stumps. Abraham was not seeking God. It was God who sought Abraham. It was God who found Abraham. In Romans 3, the apostle lays this out very plainly, that there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. 
Isn't that astounding? The only thing Adam did perfectly was fall. Oh, friends, our fall was a total fall. We call it total depravity for a reason. It was absolute. The total depravity of man is so great, so great. Consider this, you that believe. Can you do anything but believe? Is there anything else you can do? No. (laughs) Why? Because God gave you faith and you think you see the gospel and you say, well, of course. Well, of course. But man's fall is so great that though the gospel were preached with such plainness of speech, if the evidence were so irrefutable, the argument so sound, if the call should be ever so with so much zeal and love of the preacher and we were to plead with men for a thousand years, unless God calls a man to faith, he will never believe. Never, never. We look at our children, and it is our heart's desire that they believe. You want them to believe, but you have absolutely no power to make them believe. Don't you trick them either. Don't you trick them into thinking they believe. You can't do it. Don't deceive them. If God calls them, they'll come. And if He don't, they won't. Unless God calls the sinner to life, except God draw the sinner by the power of the Holy Spirit, no man will ever come to Christ. How can I say such a thing? Because Christ said such a thing. Go to John chapter 6. Go to John chapter 6 and read the very words of our Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 6 and verse 44. The very words of Christ says this, No man... Anybody misunderstand that? Is that too complicated so far? Are we we lost here? No man can come unto me. You do not have to be a Greek scholar. You do not have to be very intelligent to understand this. I'm not a very intelligent man. And I understand this very plainly. Can has to do with what? Ability. He didn't say no man may, no man might. He said no man has the ability to come unto me. And I'm so thankful for this next word, except. (laughs) Here's the divine exception. Except the Father which has sent me, do what? Draw him. Draw him. The word could be drag. (laughs) That's it. It could be drag. And what will Christ do? He said, I will raise that man up at the last day. 
Why? It's written. It's written in the prophets. They shall all be taught of who? The preacher? Listen, if all you hear is me, I'm sorry for you. You should hear him. Please hear him. Please. They shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of who? The Father. What does he do? He comes to me. (laughs) He don't just come. He comes to me. He doesn't come to the front. He doesn't come to the preacher. He doesn't come to any man. He comes to Christ. He comes to Christ. He comes to me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. So what does God draw a man to? What does God teach a man when He calls him? When He called Abraham, what was He teaching him? What was He calling him to? He wasn't just calling him to a plot of land over in the Middle East. He was calling him to Christ. He was drawing him by faith to Christ. In thee, this is the word, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Who was He talking about? Talking about Christ, his seed. And Abraham was called of God to believe on Christ. He that believeth on me. Now I want you to understand that word believeth. It's very wonderful. It's a, it's a great word. He that has believed, he that does believe, and he that shall believe has what? Everlasting life. You see, faith is something when God calls a man to faith, it's continual, it's perpetual, all the way to the end. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. What does he believe? He believes this gospel. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread. He's pointing to himself. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven if any man eat this bread. He's talking about faith. To eat of Christ's flesh and drink of His blood is not a wine or a cracker. It's faith in Him. It's receiving Him. As many as received Him. To them gave He the right to be called the sons of God, which were born. How were they born? Not of blood. Not of the will of the flesh. Not of the will of man, the will of God. He shall live forever. I am the bread which I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? (laughs) Still thinking about something physical. Faith receives something very spiritual. Those were words he said, these words are spirit. I'm talking about my body physically eating my flesh. I'm talking about faith. Faith. No man has the ability to come to God except God teach him, except God draw him by the power of the Spirit. 
And he believes this, that Christ alone can save his soul. He believes alone that he is a sinner, that he cannot, by his own merits, please God. Do you really believe that? That there is nothing you can do to please God? That's the first thing he teaches, isn't it? That's the first thing he teaches. We are worthless. Incapable. First thing God taught me is the only thing I deserve is justice. Hell is what I deserve. But then he taught me something else. He taught me Christ has paid it all. (laughs) Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. And immediately my soul fled to Christ. There was this lady in our church one time. She gave the most wonderful illustration of faith. She says, one day I was listening to a message, a gospel message being preached. And when the message started, I knew this, I did not believe. But all of a sudden, I could not help but believe. That's what happened to Abraham. God found that pagan, 75-year-old pagan. You know what you don't see most of is is people believing in their old age. I I don't see much of that. There he's 75 years old, worshipped pagan all his life, and then the scripture says, by faith, Abraham, when? When did he go? Before he was called? No. When he was called of God. Behold, he came down from heaven, our Savior, offered himself to God as a representative, for all that the Father had given him, of which Christ declared that they should come to him. That all the Father give him should come to him. Look in John 6 there, stay there. If you want to, go back to uh, verse Go back to verse 37. Look what Jesus says about these that are going to be drawn and taught. He said this, all that the Father giveth me. What are they going to do? They shall. Does that sound iffy to you? Does that sound like modern religion makes it sound? Well, if you'll jest, then God will. No, this was said of me 2,000 plus years ago. All that the Father giveth me, they shall come to me. And when they come, how will He receive them? He said, I will in no wise cast them out. Why? I chose them. I redeemed them. I called them. They will, I won't cast them out. Why would I dare cast them out? I won't cast them out. Listen, if God gives you faith right now, I want you to understand this. He won't cast you out. <laughs> if you come to Him now, He won't ever cast you out. Do you deserve to be cast out? Yes. He said, I won't cast them out. For, this is why, I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. 
Well, what in the world is that? Well, Jesus doesn't leave you to guess. I like that about Scripture. He don't leave you to your opinion. And that's wonderful, isn't it? I don't need an opinion. <laughs> he, said, he said, this is the will. He sent me to do the will. Well, what's the will? He said, this is the will of the Father which has sent me, that of all He hath given me, I should lose... How many? How many will He lose? How many for whom Christ died will suffer in hell? None. I will lose nothing. I will lose none of you. None of my people will I lose. You know, over in... uh, Reminds me of that passage in uh, Genesis when uh, Judah became surety for Benjamin. You remember what he said? He said, Father, if I bring him not to thee again, let me bear the blame. (laughs) You know what Christ said? Father, if I bring them not unto thee, let me bear the blame. Do you suppose he'll lose any? Not one. Not one. I should lose nothing but raise them up again at the last day. And this is the will of Him that sent me, that if everyone which seeth the Son, not only, listen, not only has He died for them, not only has He purposed to save them, not only has He purposed to call them, listen what He says. He says, this is the will of the Father, that they actually be called. He said, He that seeth the Son. This is the will of Him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise Him up at the last day. Therefore God shall draw and God shall teach everyone, even as He called Abraham to faith in Christ, even so will He call all of His elect, All of those He died for, He will call them. He shall call them. If that's not true, what in the world am I doing here? Listen to me. If that weren't true, I wouldn't preach. If this was just a a crapshoot, I wouldn't preach. Be worthless. No. He will call them. He shall call them. You listen to this. He must call them. That's pretty strong, isn't it, to tell that God must do something? You know why I say that? Because Christ Himself, them I also must bring. I wouldn't say it, He didn't say it. <laughs> wouldn't dare say it. He said it. Them I also must bring. How then shall He call them? What is the means that God has chosen to call men to faith in Christ? There is one means given in Holy Scripture by which men are called. The preaching of the gospel. This is why we do this. Go to Romans 10. Go to Romans 10. Now we're talking about the calling of faith. We know that Christ has died for those that He will call, He's going to call them, He's successfully redeemed them, He's going to call them, but how will He call them? Romans chapter 10. Look at verse uh, 13. 
Herein is the preaching of the gospel. Listen to me. Whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. (laughs) Somebody said, uh, well, I don't believe in election because of that verse right there. Whosoever will. You know what? I believe in whosoever will. I believe Christ died for whosoever will. I don't believe He died for whosoever won't. You know what? Spurgeon was, 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 was asked about election. He said, Sir, if God is only going to save the elect, why do you preach? He said, Well, sir, if you would kindly point out the elect to me, I will only preach to them. I don't know who they are. That's why God gives me this. Whosoever will, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be what? Saved. Man, do you need salvation? Do you need a Redeemer? I don't, I'm not asking you need a helper. I'm asking, do you need someone to do it all for you? Fall at His feet. Plead for mercy. You know, I ain't found one person fell at His feet asking for mercy. He didn't give it. I ain't found one. I've seen Him throw, I've seen Him cast out those who wanted help. Lord, if you'll just help me, I'll help you. No, go on. Let the blind lead the blind, they'll fall in the ditch. Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner. I'm not a sinner. I am the sinner. I don't know about you. I know what's right here. I need mercy. You know what I found? I found mercy. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him whom they have not believed? You won't call on Him if you don't believe on Him. What are we to believe about Christ? Simply this. He is God manifest in the flesh. Whosoever believeth not that I am. What do you mean? shall die in his sins. If you don't believe I'm God, you shall die in your sin. You believe he's God and you believe he's man. What do we believe about his work? We believe he came to die for all the Father gave him. We believe that. We trust that he has come to die and redeem his people. Thou shalt call his name Jehovah saves. Why? He shall save who? His people from what? Their sins. He shall save His people from their sins. This is what we believe. We, it's not what we believe, it's who we believe. I know whom I have believed. When Abraham believed, he knew whom he believed. 
Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad. When God called Abraham, He called him to faith in Christ. When God calls you, He calls you to faith in Christ. How does He call? He calls you to believe. And how shall you believe on Him in whom you have not what? Heard. And how shall you hear without a preacher? I had a man in my congregation, he, 66 years old, walked into that building one Wednesday night, little small group we, I was preaching to, walked into this building, big burly man, was, used to be a state trooper, Michigan, walked in, pretty much kicked in the door. He sat down, he looked up at the pulpit, this young preacher, and he says, what in the world is this kid going to tell me? What is he, had his arms crossed and folded looking at me. I preached the message I had been given. Jesus Christ is our shepherd. Jesus Christ is the, is the shepherd. And he laid down his life for the sheep. He didn't die for the goats. He died for the sheep. And I, as I'm watching this man, I'm preaching, I see his countenance fall and he begins to melt. And he comes to me at the end of the service and he says, Preacher, I heard my shepherd's voice. I didn't hear you. I heard him. And I preached to him for several weeks, several months, and he came into my office one day very angry, very upset. And he said, Preacher, if what you're telling me is true, then before I came into your service that night, I was lost. I said, J.D., I don't know if you were lost or you were saved. Right now, I can't tell if you're lost or saved by looking at you. I don't know what... If you're saved, I'm looking at you. I don't know if you're saved or not. I can't tell. And he said, well, if you're telling me that uh, before I came here, I never heard the gospel. I said, did you? Did you hear what I preached? Have you heard that before? And I said, well, how can you believe on him in whom you have not heard? And the light went off. And how shall they preach except they be, what, sent? This is not a job, friends. We don't interview for preaching positions. God sends a man to preach, he preaches. And he preaches to whoever's in front of him. We are sent. And what do those say who receive him? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But listen, have they not all obeyed? But they have not all obeyed. Now listen, not all of you have obeyed the gospel. Abraham obeyed the gospel, didn't he? Scripture says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called of God, he went into the place where he should inherit, not knowing whither he went. But he obeyed. He obeyed. What is it to obey the gospel? What is it to obey the gospel? It is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the commandment God gives to His people, is faith. Faith. See, Christ is not just an idea. He's not just a a doctrine. He's not just something I mentally assent to. Faith embraces faith the Son of God, 
intimately. Faith obeys the gospel. It believes the gospel. What is, what is the law of the believer? What is the rule of life for the believer? The just shall live how? By faith. There's your rule of life. You want a law? You have a law. We're not antinomian. We have a law. What is it? It is the law of faith. And it is the law of love. You want to see that? I believe it's in 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And look at verse 23. John tells us this. This is the obedience of those who hear the gospel. So Jesus Christ died for His people. He was successful. He was victorious. God in time shall call His people to faith through the preaching of the gospel as the means. And what is the law of all those who obey the gospel? It is this, in verse 23, And this is the commandment. And this is the commandment. That you should believe on the name of the Son, His Son, Jesus Christ. And what? Love one another as I gave you what? Commandment. Scripture says, by faith, Abraham... Look at that next verse in, in your chapter. He obeyed. What is obey? He believed. And faith does what? Faith obeys. Faith continually believes. And faith loves. Faith worketh by what? Faith cometh by hearing, but faith worketh by love. What is the evidence you have true faith? Now, faith is the evidence of your salvation. What's the evidence of your true faith? It's this. Love. Do you love Him? To my shame, I do not love Him as I should. But I do love Him. Because He first loved me. And listen, I love you. I love you. (laughs) You that believe... You are my brethren. You are my kin. I love you. Because the love of God dwelleth in those who believe. You know what? You have to love me. (laughs) You have to love me. And I know you do. Why? Because you were called of God. You love Him. You love His gospel. Don't you love a victorious Savior? I can't stand anyone who has a message to preach of a weak, effeminate Savior who won't save somebody but can't. No, my Savior, He saved me. He called me. You that have been believing a long time, why are you still here? I know your pastor has no other message than what I've preached. Your pastor has, no, he has nothing else to say that I haven't said. And you've heard it how many times? Why are you not bored? Why do you stay? 
I'll tell you why. Because those that are called are kept. You can't go nowhere else. <laughs> You're kept by the power of God unto when? Unto salvation ready to be revealed at the last time when He comes again. You that believe, you will continue to believe. Isn't that comforting? I'm so, I'm so glad that nothing depends on me. If my continuing salvation depended on my faith, no wonder you doubt. Do you doubt a lot? You know why? You're, li- you're looking to your faith rather than the object of your faith. If you look to the object, there is no wavering. There's only success. I pray God will help you. If you don't believe, I pray that God the Holy Spirit would even now call you to faith that you should obey, that you should believe the gospel, believe Christ. Pray God will bless it.